Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 244 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is a PHP internals expert and author of XDebug. He works as an independent contractor and consultant on PHP extensions and related projects. He has contributed to the PHP project in numerous forms and is host of the PHP internals newscast podcast, as well as being a frequent speaker at conferences. So welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, Derek Rethens. Hello, good morning. So Derek, could you maybe start by telling us a little bit about what PHP is and why why you're particularly interested in it? PHP is probably the most used computer language that runs internet websites. Uh, that, can, that started out as just a normal, very simple web front-endy things, where now it's a language behind, for example, WordPress. It used to be the language behind Facebook. And it pretty much powers 60% of the websites around. So that is PHP as a language. And back then, when I was just in uni, it was many, many years ago, I, with some other of my classmates, we started using PHP to build some simple websites for, uh, for the smaller shops in the area because the internet was up and coming and everybody wanted to have their own website. So that's how I started rolling into it. And now, 20-odd years later, I'm not actually using it as a language anymore, but I've always been contributing to the language. I'm the current release manager of PHP 7.4, which pretty much means to make sure that all the packaging gets done right. And at the same time, most people in the PHP ecosystem know me because I've written Xdebug, which is PHP's uh, debugging tool. And this is something, obviously, the, that you have a passion for, obviously going talk about this at conferences as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was even up to the point where somewhere last year I, I left my job and with the intention of working on this pretty much full-time and being able to do so by getting people to sponsor me to work on it. Right. Okay. How, how's that going? It's better than I expected, but not quite where I want it to go. Sure. But it's obviously only a year in. It's only a year in, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what, what happens in the next couple of years and where you end up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I can still see myself working for myself again, though. Or, Good. Okay. Yeah. So, Derek, can you share with us a career tip, one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should be? Asking for help should be a skill that you should use liberally. As an example, right now, I've started doing businessy things again, and I haven't done that in 10 years. And although in some cases, the people I know, I probably am technically more stronger. I'm not necessarily stronger that on the business side. So having the possibility to ask other people to help you along is, I think, something that I hadn't realized would be so helpful for me right now. Do you use people that you know? Do you approach and maybe people that are outside of your network? How do you go about doing that? It's not really so much people outside of my network. It's mostly people that I know through my network because, I mean, I know some of those people for 15 years or something like that. And even though I originally didn't think that 
oh, at some point they can help me out. They now absolutely can. And that is really nice to see. Do you do that sort of on an ad hoc basis or do you have sort of regular catch-ups with people um, and use them as mentors and coaches? It's pretty much ad hoc at the moment, yes. But it goes both ways, right? They ask me for technical help and I ask them for business help. So it is not not so much as a mentor-student kind of relationship, but more of we chat about stuff and we ask each other's questions. Okay, so you're leveraging off each other's inf- uh, knowledge base, basically. Absolutely, absolutely. And Derek, can you tell us about your worst IT career moments and what you learned from that experience? I pretty much didn't have very many bad career moments. I've never been in a position where I could really not deal with the company anymore, for example, that I was working for. But I did remember a story from, well, it's a long time ago, when I was still, when I was just out of uni and I was working for this local company that I think their main thing was doing projects for companies so that their employees could have uh, computers at home or something like that. But back then I was already quite into Unixy kind of things because I knew a bit of Linux. I mean, that's what we ended up using for, for our hosting of the website that I mentioned earlier. And because I knew Unix, or so that's what I thought, they sent me along to a customer that had an SCO Unix machine. Now, these things were already quite ancient. And interestingly, at that same time, well, SCO was in this big legal case. I can't actually remember the details because it's so long ago. And I always thought that, well, these Unix machines should all act the same, right? So I figured out what the problem was. And then I had to restart the machine because it needed to pick up on some, some new things. And unlike what you do with a normal Linux box, you can just type reboot and it shuts down everything very nicely. Yeah. Well, on this SEO box, it just instantly rebooted, which is probably not the best thing to do, especially not 20 years ago when our file systems weren't that great. In the end, nothing ended up breaking and I ended up, I ended up fixing the machine and I still have no idea how I ended up doing that. But that, that was quite a <laughs> scary thing to do for me. Yes. Exactly. Um, in terms of what you learned from that, what do you think you took away that you do differently now? Probably the main thing is, is that back then I was really green in these things and I had no idea how all these different things work because I literally did it as a hobby. And probably the biggest thing that I learned from that is don't, don't assume that you know things on stuff that you've never touched before. Because this rebooting of the machine, I mean, I now will know not to do that again. <laughs> And I also know that if I encounter another Linux machine or another Unix-based machine, not to assume that the commands do exactly the same thing as they did before, right? And moving away from your worst moment, can you tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? Because I've been contributing to a PHP for such a long time, and I go out and speak at conferences and user groups, probably the, the nicest thing that happens is people coming out and saying, hello, it's nice, nice to meet you. I like what you did on X project. And when that first started happening, I found it really weird. I remember this conference in, in Brazil where there were something like 800 people and all, all wanted to take a photo with me. <laughs> yes. And I found that awkward. And I've learned over time to just not feel awkward about this anymore. And I will now go, go out to the point saying, well, maybe we should take it this direction because the light is better. <laughs> so I've gotten a little bit more vain about it too, I suppose. But yes, I mean, seeing that the things that you worked up have helped so many people in their own careers is a really nice thing to see. 
It is exactly right. Yeah. And Derek, can you tell us what excites you about the future of careers in this particular industry? So yeah, IT is an evolving industry and and careers are a major part of that. So what is it that excites you about the future of careers in IT? Well, as you pretty much just said, there's still so much to learn, right? I've only recently started picking up a different language. I started writing some Go code, for example. Of course, the moment you started using Go, people say, oh, you should try Rust. Uh, but maybe that's for next year. <laughs> I can only learn one language at a time. <laughs> and I find it interesting to see that there's still so many things to learn. And in the IT ecosystem, there's always going to be something to learn because people come up with new stuff. But at the same time, although I did computer science in uni, what they didn't really teach me, and, and the uni wasn't that bad in it actually, was all the very, very basic blocks. I mean, the lowest we got was things like assembler and different versions of it. But what I never really learned was how CPUs actually work and things like that. So I very recently have been looking at some resources online. Um, there's a online game called NAND game, it's N-A-N-D game, which teaches you how to build a computer from transistors, pretty much. Right. And I had to do quite a research to finish that game, let me put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Because I really didn't know how these things worked, right? And at the same time, I also ran into another project that's called Build Your Own 6502 Computer with Ben Eater, which is a series of YouTube videos that I've also been going through. So as I said, even though even though I've been doing this for a long time, there's still so many things to learn. And that is what I find interesting. There are. Exactly right. And obviously, with the ability to, as you mentioned, YouTube as a resource, the ability to actually learn new things is far more accessible now um, with the resources that are, that are online. Oh, yeah, that is absolutely true. I mean, what could you do 20 years ago? You could buy magazines. Yep. Maybe CDs with some sample code on it. Whereas now, basically, anything you want, you go online and... There's YouTube videos, which is not my most favorite method of learning things. I'm more of the reading kind. And I mean, if questions, you can go to Stack Overflow. What would you do 20 years ago? There's absolutely nothing you could do, right? I mean, the only things you could do is go to your local computer users group almost, if there was one in the town where you were living. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Yeah. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? A career, I can't really say, but IT itself was, my aunt and uncle had a computer and they let me play with it. And I found it hilarious that I could tell a machine to do what I wanted it to do, even though most of the time, of course, it didn't work when I just started doing that. <laughs> uh, and that that is an ongoing saga. Most of the time things work, other times it doesn't. <laughs> yes. What is the best career advice you've ever received? It is sometimes when you're just about to start something new, you need to take the leap. And that can be a really scary thing to do. But in most of my situations, that has paid off. It paid off starting to work for a company that I worked on before I started working myself, as well as now starting to work for myself again. I mean, going from a well-paid job into not knowing whether you pay the bills at the end of the month is a scary thing to do. But by taking that leap, I found myself in each of these cases always happier afterwards. And 
possibly more difficult to answer. What is the worst career advice you've ever received? It's not something that has been directed at me directly, but it is something that I've I see more and more people realize is that it is not always about work. And saying that you can be successful only by working 80 hours a week is probably the worst advice that I see going around. Yes. No, I tend to agree. If you work 80 hours a week on the wrong thing, then you're not doing yourself any any favors whatsoever. On the wrong thing, and I'm not saying that once in a while it isn't necessary to get stuff out, but it should never be uh, something that is always there. Yes. If you were to begin your IT career again in today's world, what would you do? I wouldn't have done many things different. What I probably would have done earlier, and that goes way before I started my career, is realizing that languages are actually really important. When I came to uni, or I was still in uni, my English was terrible. Hopefully, by being invited on podcasts, you've realized that it's now quite different. But (laughs) that is something that I'd never realized. I always would have thought that it's all about just the technical aspects. And if I'd realized that earlier, I would have worked on some of what people call softer skills earlier. Yeah, that's great advice, definitely. And what are your current career objectives? Well, as I mentioned, I started working for myself again on some of my own projects and products. My current objective is that, well, I haven't written that in stone yet, but I think that in the next year, I want to be an employer. And I have no idea how to do that. So that's going to be an interesting (laughs) learning curve this year. Yes. What's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? That is by far putting myself out there, even though that was not an easy thing to do, especially with my fairly broken English back then. And I find other people kind of scary sometimes. I, I'm not your traditional extrovert that likes hanging out with people all the time. Well, I'm not saying that I don't, don't like doing it, but it isn't something that drives me. But I have realized that by writing articles, by starting an IT-related blog, by writing books at some point and going to speak at conferences, that has helped myself so much. Because I don't think I've had any job that didn't come through that. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? That sort of follows onwards from that. Even though, as I just mentioned, I don't always like it to go to meet new people and do things there or end up chatting to them. But I went to the local PHP user group last night and getting into contact with people and talk about what they they work on, what what sort of projects they do, I find it really interesting. And because I'm now working on my own, I, I need this contact with other technical people to be able to do this without just feeling sad all by myself all the time. (laughs) <laughs> so yes. putting in the effort to talk to other people how they use things uh, learning new things uh, to making sure that I don't get bored of stuff because I mean doing the same thing for many many years 40 hours a week I mean that's, that's not great I mean the, that's, you should always be learning new things and always seeking out and learning new things and I think that's really important for me otherwise yeah, yeah. I, I won't have any energy to do anything pretty much 
And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? Oh, I like walking. I walk a lot. So living in London, I walk pretty much everywhere, even though that takes an hour and a half, sometimes even if it's raining, but not very often. And if I don't do that just during my normal daily life, I will take the time, uh, mostly during the summer months, to walk long-distance spots. So I've done the Thames part, I've done the North Downs way, they're both long-distance spots here in the UK. And yeah, I, I like getting out into nature, pretty much being on my own sometimes, to recharge my battery, so to speak. Derek, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? I would probably call myself an introvert. And originally, I found it always very difficult to go up and just talk to random people uh, in like events. And I have taught myself to just do it. Uh, there's plenty of ways how you can introduce yourself without it being scary. I mean, at a conference, you can often ask questions like, which talks did you just see? And, and things like that. And teaching yourself the things that you know that you're not great at yourself or with help of others is probably the best thing that you can do for yourself. Yes. I've heard one trick about this. So if you if you are introverted and you don't feel that you can talk to people at conferences, a great way of doing it is actually, believe it or not, to stand in the middle of the room. And it, apparently it seems to naturally attract people towards you. I haven't tried this, <laughs> but it'd be interesting to, to give it a go maybe. I think it works, but I've only done that the other way around. When you see people standing by themselves, I will go ask them, how's it going? And once in a while, people really don't want to talk to you, and that's fine. But most of the time, people actually really like that you come up and want to talk to them. Um, they do. Yeah. And many people will always think that IT is only about the technical aspect, but it pretty much is not. It's about all the people that you interact with, uh, people that help you along, people that you help. Uh, you can get advice from, you can give advice. That is probably the, the aspect of a career in IT, and I would probably say pretty much any other career, is that's mostly about the people and not about the things that you're doing. It is, very much so. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Um, I have an account on Twitter. It's Derek R, D-E-R-I-C-K-R, because the one without the R was already taken. I blog at, uh, at DerekRattons.nl. That's my full name, .nl. I've got my Dutch domain name. And I also run a sort of weekly podcast called phpinternals.news, where I talk about the, the developments in the, in the PHP language. And there's a whole lot more going on there than people would think sometimes. Sure. Derek, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. It's indeed. It's been lovely. And thanks for having me. Hi, Phil here again. Just a final few words from me. Firstly, I'd like to thank my guests for sharing their career tips, experiences and insights with us on the show today. As you probably know, there have been more than 200 guests on the show so far, and I'm continuing to try to attract new guests that can provide great insights to all of us. However, to enable me to do this, I need to ensure that the podcast continues to grow and reach an extended audience. And you can help me in doing this by subscribing to the show and providing a rating and review in whichever platform you listen to. Thanks again for your support, and until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, 
visit itcareerenergizer.com.